0: Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brousseau. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, my name is John Fahey. Joining me, one of the most gorgeous men to ever walk the planet, his name is Aaron Joseph-Pita. Hello there, Aaron. John Francis, how are you? I am just dandy, You look great. Mm -hmm. You look fantastic.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I know that.
0: Um, You know, as much as we say uh, how how good looking we all are. Don't you fucking do it. uh, We all, no, 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 I'm not going to do that, but Matt looks better than you. No, (laughs) no, 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 I was going to say, just so everybody knows, because people ask us about it a lot. We also say it in person. We yes. do talk
1: about yes. it. <laughs> we do talk about um, how much we love each other. Uh-huh. Yes. Off air. Uh-huh. Yeah, all Frequently the time. to each other's faces. Yes. Hugs abound.
0: Yes. Um, the, the day that this episode premieres will be the one-year anniversary of Profiles Child. in Exit. shit, August 22nd. Wow. wow. Isn't that
1: incredible? It is incredible, and it also seems about time.
0: Yeah, man. It's crazy. Like We've done a lot of shit, and it...
1: It seems like a while, but not. I guess like everything else. Yeah, it's still fresh and it's still new to me. Uh, but it does. It is a part of our lives. Matt I
0: mean, Russo, what do you think? Does it feel like a long time? Matt Brusseau, everybody, gorgeous man. Hi.
1: Oh, listen to him.
0: Hi. What do you think? Does it
1: seem like? A, does it seem like a year?
0: Does it feel like a year has passed? Yeah. 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 What do we got? Thirty-nine
1: episodes. Something uh-huh. like that? took- That's not
0: bad. Not no. bad for a year. No. Yeah. I mean, we weren't. We weren't weekly at the beginning.
1: Right. But um, the, the the crowd spoke.
0: Yeah, yeah. We uh, demanded it. Yes. Um, yeah, and hopefully it doesn't always come through that we, <laughs> we didn't have three months to spend researching something. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, but some of these were a long time in the making. Some mm-hmm. of them,
1: yeah. Some of them, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And
0: uh, some of them, you know, we went down a wormhole and uh, nerded out in our rooms alone, mm-hmm. researching like madmen. Yes. And sometimes they were done on the fly. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, you know, if if you ever have... Uh, If you ever spied an error, feel free to let us know. We're more than happy to to learn. And
1: there are certainly errors. um, But the big thing that we care about most is that you like it. Yeah, like us.
0: <laughs> uh, we're gonna do a couple of questions ju- from the uh, Patreon subscribers oh. because they are uh, our bread and butter. They are, mm-hmm. and we uh, We do love you guys so much. Um, we don't want to jerk ourselves off too much. There's a lot of questions that came in. We're just gonna do about. You three... gotta be
1: like a level six Patreon for to. Yes, uh, so right. to so much. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, you gotta get to the Tom Cruise level of Scientology. Um, this is this is a good one. Uh, if you had to play Wingman for one of the profiles y'all have covered. Who would it be and why? That's from Ben Vossler, Patreon subscriber of Ben Vossler. Mm. Wingman Sexual
1: Wingman? Like a yeah, going him, out. Him a-
0: laid. In my opinion, there's no contest. Uh, it's uh Catalina, the, the, the oh, cross-dressed oh, nun yeah. on the run. Mm. Oh, that's brilliant. Because yeah. you would
1: just be like, you see this
0: dude over here? He's killed a hundred men. Also, and, uh, he'll, also he'll, a woman. He'll go down on you for five hours and not take his dick out once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that to me is
0: like, there's no better sale than that. Yeah. Though, right? though the issue, though, is that often the people who are with her died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People who are fair
1: (laughs) warning might spend three months in a church. Right, right. Yeah, you know, maybe
0: you might get into a duel, uh, and then she'll she'll come in a little late to save your life. Right. Even if you're her brother. Can you
1: think of anybody else you'd want
0: to play wingman for? Uh...
1: Oh gosh. Um, So this is of no benefit to me. No, no, no. Why would I want to do anything? Well, that's, I mean, that's very good, Aaron. That's very good. So this is like, who do I want to go out and get get them laid? Get them laid. Yeah, well, it's a story. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Uh. Well, I guess that dead pope that they oh, fished yeah. out of the water. Mm. <laughs> Weekend that Bernie's the Fuck Pope. Fuck him, he's yeah. Pope. Yes.
0: <laughs> he's only got three fingers on one end.
1: That's how you know he's the Pope. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, you... I would say Satch. Satch. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Mm. That'd be a good old time. Yeah, just spend a, I'd just spend a day with him. I don't care if anyone gets laid. Right. Yeah. It would just be fast times. Yeah. It would be very fast times. Um, That's a
1: good answer. Thank you. I man. wish I had a better answer. Well, you know, next time. <laughs> Damn
0: it. Uh, answer, so. This is this is uh, to me a very easy one. Real quick from uh, Stephen Parks. Oh,
1: oh. super fan Stephen Parks. Oh, hi,
0: Stephen. He wants to know: uh, Has there ever been a potential profile that you thought was too fucked up? Absolutely not.
1: No, not at all. Nope, no, nope, no. Nope. There's some down the road that, you know, part of it is, uh, the part. We, I think, I have, I know, speaking for myself, that I've, I've hesitated on a few. Uh, going through with them so far uh-huh. because I don't want to step on kind of like some other podcast territory. Sure. You know, some podcasts are like super into the, the serial killer. Especially,
0: thing. yeah, the, the murders, Yeah, so, the
1: true crime stuff, yeah. So I just I don't want to have too much overlap with those, just speaking from a branding perspective. That's but no, 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 brand no
0: kind of like self-censoring at all.
1: Zero no, self-censoring. Nothing.
0: Right? No, no. I mean, I think there have been some where you're like, oh, it's just one incident. And it's kind of fucked up. And so it's 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 maybe sure. it's not enough for a full yeah. thing.
1: Right. Nothing nothing in terms of content is uh we've censored ourselves with.
0: Uh before. this is a very good one. Um if you were making a biopic of your favorite profile, which actor would be your top choice to play the part and why? Jason Kepik comes with that question. Patreon. That's a good cool. one. Jason Keppick.
1: Uh well. I mean, just right off the top of my my head, it would be a better version of, of Jack Parsons. Right. Because CBS did the thing, and the, apparently yeah, it yeah. sucks.
0: CBS Digital, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. their
1: streaming-only service, which apparently is like, you know, it's adult and all that, but it, it looks right. like shit.
0: They're going to do a Twilight Zone. Very exciting.
1: Very excited for that. Jordan yes. Peele. Yes, Uh, But I would have um, Dominic Cooper play Jack Parsons. Mm. Dominic really? Cooper plays Preacher on AMC's Preacher. He also oh, yeah. played Tony Stark in Captain America. I was going to say film.
0: Downey Jr. For Parsons. That was the first thing that came it, to mind. Oh,
1: I would have to say like 15 years ago, Downey Jr., because Downey Jr. is like 50-something now, and right. Parsons died at 35. Yeah. So you need a younger Downey, but I could totally see that. Yes. Sure. I mean, they got Dominic Cooper to play his dad in Captain America. Yeah. So there's a, a resemblance yeah. there. Um, I think
0: I'd like uh, Paul Giamatti to do The Prince of Porn. Very good. Mm. What
1: the fucking phone? Paul Giamatti. Pig vomit. (laughs) Ass. Prince of (laughs) porn.
0: Matt. Anything. Um, I, I'd like Chris Farley to play a wheel of cheese. <laughs> I think. That's, a big one. A big wheel of cheese. <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, I just want to do one one, uh, real quick one, uh, last one, from Tajina, our friend. Hey. Oh,
1: Tajina, sir.
0: T'gina wants to know, if you had to pick one of your profiles as a roommate for one year, who <laughs> would it be and why? Mm. Uh, no contest for me, Matthew Weigman. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Because I love prank phone calls, <laughs> and that guy, his talent would open up. Entire oh, avenues yes. for comedy. Oh, my God. That, I mean... I, oh, okay, be the president.
1: Yeah, and, and also... And talk to the president. And get me you. the president's phone number. And, and call Trump as Trump, saying that you're the future version of Trump. Right, <laughs> yes, yes. He would
0: totally believe it. He would 100% Wait, believe it. it uh, <laughs> reminds me of one of my favorite stories about Trump. Um, don't Please, don't do I love this. this so much. Please tell it. I don't know it. So... So there's the whole uh, thing with WWE where Vince McMahon uh, <laughs> fought the WWE, and then he, I believe, he got kicked out or something. He lost his match, and they kicked him out. And Perfect. so there's this whole scene where he has to walk out of the arena, and he walks past the entire crew, and he leaves the arena, and he gets into a limo, and it explodes into a fireball. Right. And Triple H was saying he he was. He was saying, I think it was on uh, Stern or Opie and Anthony, he was like, yeah, we got a lot of calls. Some people believed that he had died, and he of said, course. even Donald Trump called, and he wanted to know if Vince was okay. <laughs> <laughs> he really-
1: uh, uh, Nothing <laughs> fake about that news. No,
0: TV is, is- wrestling. TV is life to him, man. Yeah, he it does, really he is. does not get it.
1: Man, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Shout out to Hunter Hurst Helmsley, Triple H, yeah. for in the organization.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Aaron, on our one-year anniversary, you have a little something-something for us, don't you?
1: I do. This was one of those, uh, you know, you you mentioned some we take months to think about and prepare, and some just strike you on the fly. And this was one of those uh, that was just like, oh, what? How have I never heard of this guy? What? How? This is one that I immediately thought about Matt Mm -hmm. when I read. Um, This is about a Jew named Mo Berg. Oh. (laughs)
0: Okay, I could already see why you thought of
1: it. <laughs> no, he's a baseball player. Yes, baseball player uh, in the twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a very special, special guy. This guy was very like I. Is I, this was like made for the show, right? Huh. This guy um, called by Casey Stengel, former manager of the oh, Yankees, I love Casey an eccentric man himself, mm-hmm. said, Mo Berg is the strangest man ever to play baseball." Wow. High
0: praise. From one of the strangest men to ever yes. baseball. Wow.
1: John Kieran, a former sports columnist for the New York Times, called Mo the most scholarly athlete I ever knew.
0: Ooh. That's usually a bad thing. <laughs> yes. Usually they're like, right. this guy reads books, we can't have him around. Yeah, yeah. that's.
1: He wasn't that great of a ball player, but he was good enough-ish. Mm-hmm. There may be right. something behind it all. Ah. Um. He was born in a cold water tenement. Manhattan, March 2nd, 1902, to Russian Jewish immigrant parents. Mm -hmm. Dad was uh, um, a druggist, uh, learning to be a pharmacist when he moved here. He moved here before the wife, saved up enough money to move her here. Then they had uh, two other kids, and then they had Mo. And um, uh, they wanted him to be a lawyer, Mm -hmm. so he was a really good student.
0: Right. right, and that makes the family uh, authentic, you know? Yes, yes, you know. It, it
1: ingrains you in the community mm-hmm. and whatnot, but they were still, they were not like a total part of the local Jewish community. They they were kind of uh, aloof. Right. You know, normally like immigrants, they'll, they'll stick together and kind of like form these little small little communities, but they were kind of aloof.
0: Weirdos. Yeah, 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 and that right. and that
1: kind of informed the rest of-
0: And now where where um, and when are they?
1: Uh, so th- he was born in 1902 mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Okay. Um. And then they moved to um, the Roseville section of Newark, New Jersey, uh-huh. And he was like nine. Beautiful months, Newark. Nine yeah. months old, something like God. that. And that's when the father Bernard opened his own pharmacy, um, and it was for the of all places the Roseville Methodist Episcopal Church that Mo started playing his first organized baseball. Um, and so because he was Jewish, he came up with a new name for himself: Runt Wolf with an E. Huh? Huh? Like Mo Berg. Runt Wolf, right? It's a
0: direct translation, yes, I
1: believe. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, they they really pushed him for him to become a lawyer. So he did. Um, it, but at, while in high school, he was an all-city third baseman, had a rifle arm. He graduated high school when he was sixteen, and then went to NYU and transferred to Princeton. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, most of the most of the students there. Uh, we're like waspy folk, you know, mm-hmm. at Princeton. They've got their their whole Princeton thing. Yeah, lot's know, changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're progressive. Um, but Mo being Jewish and not affluent was kind of on the outskirts of even the small community of Princeton.
0: Right, the runty end.
1: Yes, the runt wolf. <laughs> yes. Of the litter.
0: Like, like just calling yourself runt. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like a passive aggressive thing. Yeah.
1: It's like calling a big guy tiny.
0: Yeah, kind yeah. Was he was he a big guy?
1: Um, I think probably for the time, I think he was like 5'9", nine, buck seventy. I mean, third
0: baseman, at Tenley, usually tough bastards because that's mm. usually where the hardest hit balls are. Well, play he was closely. born in
1: a cold water tenement in nineteen oh two. Right, <laughs> those are. Uh, Basically, flop houses with no hot running water. Mm. Yeah. um the lady of the house would usually have to boil water on a stove for hot baths if you were lucky enough to even have like um, four hour bath. Uh, mm. running if you were lucky to have gas right. most of the time you had um just like kerosene lamps yeah, back then like the time was not good before now, right, very much so <laughs> yeah <laughs> things sucked so recently. Yeah. I've been reading uh, a lot about like uh, the, the 20s and stuff lately in general and just man.
0: Yeah, it's 98 years ago yesterday uh, when we we're recording that white women got the right to vote.
1: Wow. White ones, <laughs> white women. <yes>. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Progress, folks. Yeah. Um so he was a loner, and this kind of contributed to his kind of more mysterious ways later. Um, but, like I said, because he was Jewish, he ran into some awkward moments at Princeton. Um, one of his teammates was nominated for a membership in one of these, like, prestigious dining clubs there. Not exactly fraternities. They are kind of more like, I don't know, skull and bones type of shit, but not as uh, cloak and dagger. Um, but his teammate accepted the the nomination on one condition, that Mo Berg would also become a member. Mm. And... Um, the club said, all right, we'll let this Jewish fella in, but you got to promise not to bring any more Jews in. Wow. And uh, Mo Berg said, no thanks. Really? Yeah. Said thanks, but no Good thanks. Good for him. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck your stupid dining club. Yeah. I know how to cook. Yeah. I take cold showers. <laughs> right. Hey <laughs> grilled cheese on a
0: radiator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, his teammate also declined to join because of that as well. Oh, so so that was good. So, and Mo feeling responsible for his teammates' refusal to join, later talked him into joining.
0: Oh, what a sweet! He
1: was a he was he was a nice man, but a weird man. Yeah, come to find out, Um, he started for Princeton for three years. Uh, During his last year, he was the captain and a star shortstop. Um, The team was the best Princeton ever had. They won 18 straight games. And uh, he graduated with honors in 1923, 24th in a class of 211. Wow. Bright fella, bright fella, uh, allegedly a master of 12 languages. Really? He studied the following at Princeton, Greek, Latin, French, Spanish, and Italian. He also studied German and even Sanskrit. Jesus Christ. Wow. And he dabbled in a few others.
0: Well, you know Sanskrit, you know all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It's the, the bare bones <laughs> basics.
1: <laughs> he, um, but he did have a little bitter taste in his mouth, because of his experience there with the uh, close-mindedness of the Princeton folk that he did not attend any of the class reunions.
0: Mm, Probably
1: because he was busy playing Major League Baseball! Right. Um, After graduation, he signed with Brooklyn of the National League. Back then, I think they were the Robins before they became the Dodgers. Um, But then while he was playing baseball as a professional, he entered Columbia Law School caused Jesus. him to miss several weeks of spring training, but he eventually graduated and passed the New York bar in 1930, um, but he got benched for a few games because he he missed some spring training, but he, also, yeah. he was a lawyer.
0: So. Yeah, there you go. That's why coaches hate the smart guys, because sometimes they have better things to do. <laughs> yeah, and right.
1: they're smarter than the manager sometimes. <laughs> um, it was at this point in life he, uh, he met a man named Dutch Carter, hmm. a local eminent lawyer, who said, hey, keep keep playing professional baseball. Uh, and that was because Carter wanted to play pro ball as a kid, but his parents encouraged him to stay in law. Right. And I guess he kind of wanted to live vicariously a little bit through Mo, but also maybe he was threatened Moe would be a really good lawyer.
0: Mm. Interesting. <laughs>
1: Um, he told he told Mo that you'll have plenty of time to practice law after your baseball career is over.
0: Yeah, law's not going anywhere. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. Come
1: on. Law will be there.
0: Yeah. It is easy to forget that uh, most athletes have like a five-year window. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And then what do you do?
1: Yeah, S- sell used cars. Litigate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's about it.
1: Litigate, bro. Uh, he also uh... Tailgate, then litigate. <laughs> Uh, he uh, he followed the advice, continued playing baseball, and also turned down a uh, a job teaching romance languages at Princeton. Wow. This guy was like super, super smart, apparently. Yeah. Um, But not a great baseball player. Really? First season with Brooklyn, he played shortstop and batted 186.
0: That's not good. Mm-hmm.
1: He got sent to the minors. And uh, in 1924, he was with Minneapolis and Toledo in the American Association, played third base and shortstop combined average 264 a little bit better not great not great right it's not great in 1925 he was with Reading of the International League as a shortstop bet at 311 okay 311 311 dude 311 never happened uh, (laughs) I want the truth (laughs) made it back to the majors in 1926 because he had a, a good year out there Father still didn't approve of Moe's baseball career. Um, despite Moe's pleadings, dad never came to a single game.
0: Wow. Brutal.
1: Free yeah. tickets, too. In those days? Yeah. Go see the Dodgers. Come on. Yeah. Brooklyn? Yeah, it's New all, York? It's sold out. You, just, he has to walk across to the, stadium. the You're just across the <laughs> ra-
0: <laughs> That's he, crazy.
1: Son of a bitch. Well, he's doing, you know, the druggist stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he bought, a lawn, he bought a laundry He did? Yeah, he bought a laundry Oh, yeah. they... It was a launderer later <laughs> Right, because he
0: was giving everybody fucking chop for toothaches <laughs> yeah. so, Buy a laundry That's what i going to do
1: yeah. Are you saying they're shitting their pants after all the chop? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see so you in two I days <laughs> I gotta get into laundry oh, Two thirds
0: <laughs> I know what's next You're going to go to that laundromat, aren't you? <laughs>
1: I'll see you in... <laughs> See you real soon <laughs> <laughs> uh you know but uh you know his dad was opposed to sports because he thought they were distractions in one very old school right immigrant mentality i suppose
0: it sounds like the the studies were a distraction to his sports cuz he wasn't hitting when he was learning
1: yeah he should have been st- studying swinging
0: mm-hmm, right physically yeah. I mean like any fun career path though, it's just like the most <laughs> cliche thing, your dad you should be working. Yeah. Right.
1: I wish you were if he was a good lawyer, I wish you were a ball player.
0: Right, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just one of those things. Um Mo was once asked, Do you ever feel as if you'd wasted your life? And Mo said, uh, I'd rather be a ball player than a Supreme Court justice. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Um he was playing uh one game in the majors and um he was playing shortstop or third and uh the catcher got hurt, had a had to leave the game. They didn't have any backup catchers, and one of the players asked, "You know, Is it, can anybody catch?" And Mo said, "I, I used to think I could." <laughs> <laughs> and the teammate said, "Who said you couldn't?" And Mo said, "My high school coach. I always see. I I hear him, and if you see a picture of him, you I can. I kind of think of him as like Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> right." And I just kind of, like, think of all his quotes.
0: So no respect, what you're saying?
1: Yeah, basically a no respect. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad, I tell you, give me no respect. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right? I used to think I could catch. <laughs>
1: who, said, who said you couldn't? <laughs> my high school coach. <laughs> hey. he, but he had a strong arm, and he could throw down even the fastest of base runners. His hitting, again, would leave something to be desired. He only batted two forty three with six home runs lifetime.
0: That's As a catcher, You, it's okay if you can't hit.
1: Right. That's not your job. That people like Mike Piazza or Johnny Bench are like outliers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, God, Mike Piazza. Man, yeah. best closeted baseball player of all time. Maybe mm. next to Mo Berg. Oh. Uh, they made a movie uh, apparently recently, and this is not uh, how I found the story, but apparently Paul Rudd played Mo Berg in a recent uh, kind of indie biopic type of thing. Interesting. Right. There were some allusions to him being a closeted homosexual. Mm-hmm. As you'll find out, he did not marry... Um, left in, in those days, tell, tell Yeah, son. yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell you, we, he goes out without a full trench coat. He's a homosexual.
0: Your yeah. uncle has a lot of friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a male spinster. Mm. <laughs> um, what do they call those guys? Though I mean, like old lady could be a spinster. What's a, what's a, what's a guy that doesn't a get married?
1: Confirmed bachelor. Mm. Confirmed bachelor. Right. Yes, I think.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's
1: confirmed. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy plays the field,
1: baby. (laughs) He'll catch if you want him to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wink It's only about a 243 lifetimes uh with six home runs in his career but is he had, he had good baseball acumen he could call games and his knowledge of hitters put him very put him in demand around the league um he went on to play for Cleveland, Washington, and Boston until his retirement after the 1939 season um and he spent all 15 seasons almost entirely in the majors um didn't really bounce down into the minors very much because of his defensive skills and his knowledge of the game um when Ted Williams was in his second year with the White Sox, with the Red Sox, he sought out Mo for advice. Williams wanted to know what made hitters like Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth, made them great. Mm-hmm. And Berg said, well, Gehrig would wait and wait and wait and wait until he hit the pitch almost right out of the catcher's glove. I'm trying to do Ronnie Dangerfield, but now I'm just sounding like a Jewish <laughs> caricature.
0: <laughs>
1: As to Ruth, he had no weaknesses. He had a good eye and laid off pitches out of the strike zone. Ted... You most resemble a hitter like Shoeless Joe Jackson, but you're better than all of them. When it comes to wrists, you've got the best. Huh. He was complimenting another man's wrists. Yes, very interesting.
0: Hey, look at a picture of Shoeless Joe Jackson sometime. That man has huge wrists.
1: Really? Yeah, I mean a lot of those guys didn't
0: really like work out traditionally, no, they so they were just sledgehammers in the basement. Yeah, they were just naturally strong people, or they worked uh. like Hank Aaron in his off season. He would deliver ice, mm. I and mean, like uh-huh. those blocks of ice, you know yeah. how strong you would have to be to carry those things, and so they would build up wrists whether through. Work. Joe Joe Jackson worked in factories. And Wait, I'm sorry, who was delivering ice? Hank Aaron. In the off season. Yeah. So Hank Aaron would show up on your door with a bunch of ice. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't famous yet. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, a lot of those guys, they weren't making enough money. They would be like car salesmen in the season yeah, and shit like that. Fuck, that's
1: crazy. Yeah.
0: But they, they just huge wrists. Yeah. in order to hit a baseball hard, you have to have some pretty strong It's strong, all strong in the wrists. It's not, but that's a good line.
1: <laughs> it's all in the hips. Right. Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mickey Mantle had big forearms, too. Mm-hmm. Huge, giant. He, Mickey Mantle used to, no joke, he would swing sledgehammers in his basement. For batting practice, like really? by himself, yeah, Jesus. just monster. Um, let's see. Uh, he, this this bird guy, there's mm-hmm. a real weirdo when it came to the newspaper.
0: Oh, he's always reading.
1: Yeah, he was Ugh. a reader. <laughs> for one, he's reading. Weird.
0: I love a guy. I love a man with a newspaper.
1: He considered <laughs> a newspaper alive, and he wouldn't let anybody touch it before he read it. Uh, if anybody touched wow. it. It was dead. Give me a new one.
0: <laughs> Shut the fuck up, really.
1: Give me a new fucking newspaper, dude. You touched it. I won't. It's all fucked up. Now it's fake news, dude.
0: Oh, did you smudge Marmaduke?
1: You, you smudged Family Circus. I'm gonna, you <laughs> motherfucker. You. Where did wow. Billy go this week? So, um, but he would he would read it cover to cover and then declare it dead. Also. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's good stuff.
1: Uh, even in, if the yeah, others, like, I guess there's a story of uh. Even like in a snowstorm, somebody touches newspaper and he was like, "Go out and get another one." Wow. Yeah. Weird. Wow. Weird. Weird. Weird.
0: Did did he grow up like obsessed with newspapers? I have no
1: something? idea. I think this was just it was literally entered in in one of the biographies I was perusing. One of Berg's many eccentricities. <laughs> yeah. Involved yeah. the newspaper, and I said, "Huh?" Yeah. But no. Um. As far as I could tell, no. You know, no reasoning behind it, although I'm sure he had a very good reason. Well, you yeah. remember
0: uh, this thing like, really resonated with me in, in The Wire where, the, where they have, like, the, the newspaper, you know, season. Mm-hmm. And the editor that gets fired for, you know, kind of running a good shop is talking about why he got into it. And he's saying, like, he's like, when the paper came, it was like, you just weren't allowed to talk to my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like that in my house. hmm And it was like as a child, I remember wondering, what the fuck is in that thing that's so fucking important? It was the
1: window to the world. It was uh the evening edition. Right. That was the only way you knew what was going on before radio.
0: Yeah. You know, radio
1: wasn't a household appliance until the late 20s and really 30s and 40s. Right. And before then, all you had was the two newspapers of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And there were so many newspapers too. You really you could choose from a bunch of different ones. Was, right. You know, all controlled by a few people. Yeah. But it, it was this magical thing. My, I mean, my dad still reads the newspaper every day in the morning. Yeah. He gets in his car, drinks his coffee, sits, sits in the car, and reads it mm-hmm. with his coffee.
0: Yeah. I mean, like uh, that's like, to me, like a day off activity. Is it is. Going it, and getting the paper, doing the crossword. It's yeah, a whole... I love the crossword. That's a whole thing for me.
1: It's then the feel of it. It's a nice,
0: and it is going through the whole thing, and then being like, okay, that's enough. I don't give I a it. shit about the rest. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. I, I used to deliver Sunday morning newspapers to these hill towns in Massachusetts, is Boston Globe, New York Times, and even in a snowstorm, I'd have to fucking deliver. Yeah, more. in the morning. Yep, I'd, I'd pick them up at two in the morning completely, sometimes completely uh, drunk, out of my mind. Cool. <laughs> I, have to, I have to put them all together and then drive through these fucking hill towns. Put them together? Yep. You Jesus gotta, you Christ. Put the, you got to put the comics together with the- Front page. With the front page. With, <laughs> with... Wait,
1: what? You had to layer them together and then mm-hmm, put them in the yeah. plastic bag? Yeah, because they would
0: come from different places. One place would bring the comics. One place would bring, oh, it was like Justin Today from Boston is, is the editorials. No shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or not the editorials, like the news. The editorials would come earlier. Yeah. But then you put them together and I'd-, I'd Get home at like 7, 8 in the morning. But, you know, if someone doesn't get a paper, I'm getting a phone call at 7 in the morning. Yeah. Big part of people's day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big part of people's day. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for the whole thing. No,
1: no, no. Papers, I, th- I, think, yeah. I think it's important. To, to yeah. real. I mean, I think it, it puts this character into perspective when you real. he was a man of the world. He mm-hmm. gave a shit. Yeah. Not a, not a, not a, the other ballplayers weren't doing that. But Right, he was, sure, yeah. Pushing his nose into these the like, pieces of paper that were, you know, illuminating his his perspective. Yeah. Maybe you'll we'll see why mm. a little bit later. Mm. One day in Philadelphia, during a game, the temperature reached about 100 degrees. That's hot, John.
0: Yeah. Everybody's wearing wool, too. Oh, yeah.
1: This is before the cool, breathable polyester <laughs> uniforms. Right. Right. Mo threw on the catcher's equipment like he had so many times before. Stoically went out there behind home plate out to catch, sweating, just sweating bullets. Yeah. Um, and he was catching one Earl Whitehill, fast but wild lefty. Um, and in the seventh inning, Doc Kramer came out to bat, and they got in a staring contest, batter and pitcher, just staring each other down, like, Extensively. Making eyes. There's
0: no time rules back yeah. then. You can do that for hours.
1: Although baseball games were very, very fast back then. Yes. Mm. They, one they were playing in the daylight. They didn't have lights, so they yeah. were playing in the day. And two, uh, the game was just a faster, just a faster paced game.
0: There was none of those routines where you step out, you step in. It was like everybody was it was a quote unquote pansy if you if you wasted any time up there. Exactly. Ah, huh.
1: Interesting. And baseball was the thing to go watch. Like that. <laughs> Baseball in the 20s and 30s was the only game in town. Right. I mean, people, they would have radio plays reenacting the game that was happening at the same time. Like,
0: right. Some guy, two states over, going base hit.
1: Yeah. Really? Or they would what? hire uh, kids to play in a park to play out what was happening really? live at Ebbets Field or whatever. Wow! Yeah, and people would wait, and they'd they'd be standing outside newspaper places, like watching the ticker go by, like,
0: screaming in Mudville. It, oh my
1: God! It was, it was, uh, it was big. Huh? It was super big. Anyways, <laughs> so it was hot that day, uh-huh. right? Right. <laughs> He's out there. They're staring daggers at each other. He's behind home plate, sweating. He's got all this stuff on. Yeah. He Doesn't even want to be there. He doesn't like catching. He nice play third base, shortstop. Yeah. Well, this went on for quite a while, and Mo had to come up and come down, you know, squat up, stand up, squat, all this, all this bullshit, because this is a long at bat. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a while, he's he's sweating through his through his wool uniform, and he peeled off his chest protector, his shin guards, and mask, and laid them neatly down on home plate. And he turned to the umpire and said, "I'll return when those two guys decide to play baseball. (laughs) Right now, I'm going to go take a shower."
0: (laughs) <laughs> With a newspaper. <laughs> Don't touch it. In 1934,
1: this is when his career took a turn. Hmm. Okay. I'm telling you. Yeah. So, 1934, he was a member of the team of Americans that went to Tokyo. hmm Baseball players, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, All-Stars, and Mo Burr. hmm went to Tokyo.
0: Did he speak Japanese?
1: Well, he taught himself a little <laughs> bit for the trip, actually. Oh.
0: He spoke Sanskrit, John. Yeah. Again, it's a basic intro into any language. You know. Right, it's, sure.
1: It's, <laughs> it's technically Asian. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little suspect that he was even involved in this trip. Nobody nobody in Tokyo knew who Mo Berg was. Oh, is that
0: Mo Berg?
1: Oh! <laughs> No, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, absolutely, 34 especially. I mean, they were legends already at this point. Um, but Moberg, Berg, newspaper guy, what to read.
0: Right, right, right. Uh, he and wa- now it's full of characters and he doesn't know what the fuck is going on? So he, he does.
1: He presumably walked the streets of Tokyo dressed in a long black kimono. Hell yeah. And he, uh, he entered St. Luke's Hospital where the daughter of the American ambassador had just given birth. So he went there to go visit her. In quotes. He never visited her. He went to the roof of the building and shot film of the entire layout of Tokyo. That footage would later be used in the 1942 bombing raid of Tokyo what? by the United States military. The motherfucker was a spy!
0: No! Uh. He's like, I've been reading the papers and this Hitler's no good. <laughs> I'll tell you. I
1: get my instructions out of the crossword. <laughs> <laughs>
0: gotta bomb the fuck out of this place Go <laughs> ahead babe Lou have a good time Five down Pictures Oh The American Ambassador's daughter's having a Baby I gotta go see her. I gotta see <laughs> I gotta something gotta go about be. the roof Who Apparently, are you again?
1: Apparently there's a newspaper up there
0: <laughs> There's a newspaper in the roof You gotta go save it <laughs>
1: In 1943, he was recruited by the OSS, the Office of Strategic Services, which would then go on to become the CIA. And it was Shit. his um, his mastery of languages. He had the ability to pick up things really quick in general. Like I said, right. he taught himself bas- like very rudimentary Japanese on the trip to Japan. Um, one of his first assignments was... Um, to parachute into Yugoslavia to inquire into the relative strengths of the loyalists to King Peter and the communists led by Joseph Brost, Tito against wait, wait. Against their fighting the Germans.
0: So so he just he, he parachutes in, he lands on a farm and the guy goes, What the hell are you doing here? He's like, How's the king? Yeah. And well, then he walks feel, off.
1: Pretty much. Hey, how do you feel about this guy, Tito? And uh, What are you, like
0: the king of the communists? Go, 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 chop, chop. I All got right. pa-
1: they got, there's a paper coming out of <laughs> Evening edition's coming out, and I got to get back.
0: Which way to town? I was never here.
1: <laughs> he talked to some, he parachuted into Yugoslavia, talked to some people, <laughs> and then uh, reported back to the United States that he felt that the uh, partisans under Tito were superior and had the backing of the Yugoslav people. Thus, greater American aid went to Tito. No shit. Mm-hmm.
0: That's amazing. Interesting. That's all it took back then was one guy going into town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the news? Who do we
1: back? I the love, ball no, player oh. says Tito. <laughs> Send the bombers. <laughs> he went to South America to secure support from uh from countries uh against the fight against the Axis powers. Sure. He spoke Spanish and Sanskrit, of course. Of course. Big Sanskrit <laughs> speaking population mm-hmm. in uh Absolutely. Colombia at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another mission: Berg posed as a German businessman in Switzerland. His job order from the OSS was to carry a uh, holstered pistol, and should he deem it necessary, assassinate Werner Heisenberg, the top scientist suspected of working on an atomic bomb. If indeed the Germans were working on an atomic bomb, they weren't, and so he uh, he didn't shoot Heisenberg. But his orders were to, if they were working. On an atomic bomb, shoot Heisenberg and take a cyanide capsule.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: And he said, oh, no, they weren't working on it, I guess. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I guess catching's I,
0: not that tough in retrospect.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so so he, he was able to conclusively find out, or he didn't want to know, so he wouldn't have to kill himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> that,
1: I think that's... Uh, that's that's a, that's a nah, good question. Nah, he's a good no, guy. no, no. just hey. Heisenberg is, uh, he's going to do big things, but blowing up shit's not one of them.
0: So, but but they, were, were they not in pursuit of the atomic weapon? I don't. No, we, uh, we they don't they weren't.
1: Into... They weren't far enough along. I think at this point it was probably 1940. He didn't get officially recruited into the OSS until 43, mm. and uh, that's of course nearing the end of the war.
0: And we had but Einstein by then. Yes, and, but Einstein did say they were going for it. He,
1: oh well, he said they were going for it.
0: Yes, yes, but
1: um. But they weren't close. They didn't have me. Didn't, I'm being Einstein. Oh, right. Right, yes. Um, oh, but, right. And, and Heisenberg was not apparently directly involved with that. I could be wrong, listeners, but Heisenberg went on to do things in quantum physics and stuff. Huh. Uh, and I think he also cooked meth in New Mexico, according to the mm. doc- documentary series <laughs> Breaking Bad. Yes.
0: Huh. Yeah, Heisenberg. That is true. <laughs>
1: um, and that's
0: a fact. <laughs>
1: Berg stayed with the OSS until it dissolved in nineteen forty five, uh, and afterward he served on the staff of NATO's advisory group for aeronautical research and development. Um, he was uh he was a weird, weird, proud man. When he was asked to write his biography, he refused. He said no, no, not gonna i no And uh part of the reason might have been that his co author thought he was Mo from the Three Stooges.
0: Wait, wait, really? Oh yeah. my god. You know, they
1: assign like a ghostwriter to you? Shut know? the yeah. fuck up.
0: Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of looks like him. It's a terrible ghostwriter. A guy who can't so do Sounds like you're a Jewish well, then- guy named Mo. <laughs> yeah. And you're famous, kind of. And you must be in The Three Stooges. <laughs> yeah. Because I haven't seen a million of those movies at that time and don't know what that guy looks like. Where's your hair? Which is obviously not you. So stupid. You know, Mo from the Three Stooges reads the paper a lot. <laughs> he
1: speaks Sanskrit.
0: You know, I'm beginning to think this Three Stooges isn't that real.
1: I already jumped out of a plane in Yugoslavia. Yeah.
0: I don't have any bumps growing out of my head. What's going on? Dude?
1: So people, people think that because he was such a shitty ball player, that that it all might have been a cover that he, w- he was a plant there by the by the U.S. government it could, because it allowed him to travel kind of at will and interact with a bunch of different people. There's some other...
0: Starting at what time, though? I mean, like, what time would it be... Uh, would, would his career be starting that they would be like, let's get this guy into the MLB that will then make him a spy? You know what I'm saying? Right,
1: like- right, because he really... He retired from the major leagues in 1939. Hmm. So the war... The, the most of his baseball years were not during "quote unquote" official wartime, but it was
0: the kickoff. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah,
1: yeah. the U.S. did did have like intelligence agencies involved. Right. So
0: well, I, I mean, I, especially for, back then, yeah. A catcher who is very, as, as smart as he is can probably call a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Probably knows what hit how to, how to fuck. With hitters, yeah. What kind of rhythm throws them off? What pitches they can hit? Uh, so he's probably is probably a really good catcher. There's yeah. there's there's value. There's legit yeah. baseball value. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're yeah. calling the pitches, you right? Have, you
1: have to remember. He had a really good memory. Yeah. So knowing how a batter bats, what mm-hmm. what their pitch selection is yeah. like.
0: Interesting. Okay, that's very good. Maybe, maybe talking very, shit
1: very to uh, players in various languages. I mean, with,
0: with baseball, it's like two two weeks ago, this guy had two strikes on him, couldn't hit a curveball. Right. Right. That's all. Sometimes that's that's what a catcher. It's right. kind of like the beauty they bring to those moments.
1: Yeah, the weird sabermetrics money ball stuff that he was probably doing in his head. Right. Um. Didn't matter. He was hitting 200. Right. Yeah. I
0: right. mean, there are catchers in the major leagues today who are hitting like 250.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: It, it's not like it's beyond yeah. reason.
1: Very, very astute analysis, Matt. Yeah. Oh, thank
0: you, Rand. I said Aaron. All right.
1: I think you said Ayn Rand. <laughs> thank
0: you, Ayn Rand. <laughs> thank
1: you, Ayn Rand. <laughs> 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 he also supposedly refused the Medal of Merit, really, and his sister accepted it upon his death. Wow, aww, Ethel, Ethel. Did he? Say, did he ever say why? Uh, no. I mean, probably like you know, humility and stupid virtues like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. I mean, um. Well, he he yeah, would be I, getting it for spy work, right?
1: He couldn't. He oh, couldn't right, tell right. people why he got it. Yeah. So I think that was part of it.
0: Yeah, so what's the point? Yeah.
1: Hey, what'd you get that for? Well, people would ask him, and this would usually happen later in life after he was um, no longer a spy. Yeah. But people would ask him either, you know, how he was, what he was thinking about, or what are you doing for a living now? Oh uh, yes. And he would just go, shh. He would just put his finger up to his lips and go, shh. Really? Yeah. But people were like, yeah, dude, dude we know you were a spy. <laughs> Even though, like, he, he went on to you know, he was a lawyer and mm. he lived in New York, but he he moved in with his brother and lived with his brother for 17 years. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, the, so, there was a book written about him. It was called The Catcher Was a Spy. I think mm. it may be a play on <laughs> Catcher in the Rhyme.
0: Yes. The it catcher sounds like it was a spy. But it also sounds like one of those Matt Christopher books. Where it's like the the first baseman who could catch. You know, it's like right. really basic, like mm-hmm. children's the sports stories. The boy who could fly. Yeah. The receiver who could run. Yeah, Air yeah. Bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the,
1: bi- the biography spent uh, seven weeks on the New York Times bestsellers list. No hey, um, shit. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it described it as. The life of Mo Berg, big league catcher, OSS agent, ladies' man, and freeloader.
0: <laughs> Wait, did it say freeloader? It said freeloader. Wait, what? Why because, was he a freeloader? Well, he
1: lived with his brother for 17 years after he was a major league ball player, spy, and a lawyer. Right. And he just kind of was like a bomb after that. Oh. Right. And he was kind of curmudgeonly, and he was very... He, he was always aloof. Yeah, and um... I he, prefer to think of it as chilling. Yeah,
0: he did enough for the country to yeah. uh, take a, a back seat. Freeloader! There. Freeloader. <laughs> He's
1: a not on a... the fucking taxpayer's dime. <laughs> He's at his brother's house. He said his brother Samuel <laughs> said that after the war, Mo became a bit moody and snappish.
0: Yeah
1: mm. um, He probably saw some
0: shit He did you He know, saw Babe he, he, penis He might have had think That thing Yeah from yeah. seeing Babe Ruth's Disgusting penis Oh disgusting yeah. Syphilitic ridden uh, penis Oh horrible. Never mind those Yugoslav farmers Oh
1: <laughs> Somebody get me
0: a newspaper Just tell me King Tito King Tito Go go <laughs> chap, chap.
1: <laughs> he uh, most seemed like a lost soul. He appeared directionless, living only for his books, just uh, oh, newspapers and books. God. He would show up to the Mets games. He was a big Mets fan, John. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah.
0: That, no wonder he was tortured.
1: And like you, usually sitting alone in right field, <laughs> <laughs> wearing his customary black suit and carrying a black umbrella. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Like a weird... What a sight. Yeah, yeah.
0: What a sight. He didn't have the kimono anymore, I no, guess. No, <laughs> <laughs> the, left the black it. kimono. Yeah, he left it on the
1: rooftop. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Wow, man. Yeah. Good for him.
1: Yeah. After almost 17 years of living with his brother, uh, with newspapers and books piling up. <laughs>
0: wait, 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 wait. What time frame is this
1: now? So, um... Like early 60s? No, I, this must have been so... Late 50s. Late 50s. Yeah. Uh, late 50s. And maybe into the 60s. Because it was 17 years. So Sure. Um, Sam was going insane and uh, asked his brother to leave. Uh, his Mo- brother
0: asked him to leave. Yes. <laughs> he said, can you, no longer- can you get the fuck out of yeah, here? Can you get the fuck out of here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, weirdo. Yeah. Um, and Mo did not leave. Good for him, <laughs> Good for him. But then Sam had his lawyers drop eviction papers and got Mo to leave. Wow. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mo uh, uh, wound up living out the rest of his life in his sister's house.
0: <laughs> That's why you have a big family. Yeah,
1: in Belleville, New Jersey. Yeah, uh, things aren't weren't um, weren't always great there either. You're kidding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> newspapers piling up. Yeah, newspapers, books piling up. You think a you could bury them uh, once l- they're dead? A lot yeah. of shushing. Yeah, <laughs> bury the newspapers yeah. once they're dead. Very right. good. Right. Um, one time a, rel- a relative came to visit Mo. Um, at Ethel's. um, And he uh, he offered to take her to go see the writer Anita Luce. And Ethel heard about this and she rushed out of the house started tearing up her garden <laughs> and said, that son of a bitch never asked me to go with him to meet Anita Luce and now he asks you. So um, th- things weren't always great at home.
0: <laughs> huh, Anita Luce?
1: I don't know. Famous writer, I guess.
0: Huh. So she was just... She was jealous. She right. tore up her own food out yeah. of anger. Yuck. Yeah, my like Kathy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ah, Valentine's Day. I made a lose. Well, she and she was single too. Apparently, like a yeah,
1: I think she maybe uh, was a spinster, spinster and he a confirmed uh, bachelor. Wow. Yes,
0: yes, yes. So there's going to be a lot of rage. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a lot there. of uh, sexual tension. Yeah, a lot of pent up nut.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was gonna say Odd Couple, but <laughs> sure. Pentup Nut is also the good name of a TV show. Mm,
1: yes. Pent-up Nut. I am diagnosing you with a, a bout of Nutus Pentupticus.
0: <laughs> it's got to be a Harry Potter. Spell. He
1: apparently actually, I not know my notes, but I read this. Thing. I don't like Anita Loose. <laughs> there was a, a, a he was um, sharing a room with a with another player uh, on the road as you do one uh, one night and the guy started i think he wasn't feeling so hot mm. and uh overcomes mo overcomes mo and says stick out your tongue he sticks out his tongue and goes you sir are suffering from a bout of intestinal fortitude and uh the the guy goes well, what, really then he went to see the team doctor the next day and then like cursed out Mo he's like you son of a bitch have you ever he made some (laughs) he made some comment about him like yeah if you were if you could hit as as good as you were smart or something right 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 yeah (laughs)
0: Um, you might be funny Mo but us guys that got kicked by donkeys hit better than
1: you do I think that's exactly what was said yeah yeah.
0: book turning wrists (laughs) Um,
1: apparently despite all this he was popular with men of influence and somehow considered a womanizer I didn't get a lot of this from what I read now Uh, hold
0: on just a second see I thought that immediately when you said he was uh, going to be drafted into the waspy club in college I thought, this guy gets by on personality somehow with people that are a little hoity-toity. Yes. Right, right. The well, minute you said that, I was like, this guy gets by on personality.
1: Right. Um, I don't know if that was the case. I think he was still just kind of, I think he was too aloof for that, right? It was his friend who wanted him to join that club.
0: Yeah, but it's like, it, you know, it's it, I, I it one of those things where it's like, you're interesting because you are a fucking weirdo.
1: Right. Yeah, so you, go, you want one of those guys in the group.
0: Right, right, right. One yeah. of the goofballs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, also, it sounds like, you know, because he was a spy. He's probably pretty good at being the person people wanted him to be in and order, and in to, order and to, to, to gain access. Yes, yes. yes. I think yeah. that's
1: what it was. I think is that he could he could um, carry himself well in a lot of different situations. Right. Whether or not it was genuine is is kind of up for debate. But yeah. he could you know put on whatever kimono or suit or umbrella he needed <laughs> to. Appear.
0: Right. Yes. Yes. He wears that
1: umbrella well. Man, that guy could wear the shit. I have an umbrella, dude. <laughs> Um, apparently, mess. he would make some <laughs> women, mess. and people, uh, and small children uncomfortable on at least two occasions, according to the author. Berg may have touched or fondled small children in a sexual manner.
0: Yikes! Eesh. It's not good spy work.
1: This kid's dead. I need a new one. <laughs> oh, Jeez, my god. God. oh my God! <laughs> the moburg story.
0: god
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Diddler Was a Spy.
0: Yes. The Diddler Was a Spy. Totally different book. In
1: May 1972, Berg was hospitalized after a fall. His condition worsened. Doctors could not identify the uh, cause of his decline, but whatever <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's uh, that attention to detail <laughs> aortic
1: aneurysm he fell and hit his fucking head yeah. Yeah, yeah, that- yeah,
0: no it was old times he yeah, fell he, The he end. grew
1: up in a cold water tenement he shouldn't have made it past 40 yeah right um, May 29th 1972 Berg died his last words I love last words how are the Mets doing today <laughs> no <laughs>
0: shut the fuck no. up no oh god what a oh, I
1: love that Oh, I knew you would, John.
0: Christ. That is good stuff. How are the Mets doing Croak. today? Croak. Right. Yeah. Croak. Yeah. You know what the answer was? It's the fucking Mets. It's, yeah. How do, you, how do you think? You know what you... the answer is? Read a newspaper, <laughs> Dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't you read? <laughs> Get the late edition, you shithead.
1: Before his death, <laughs> I can't. Some kid touched it. <laughs> now I touch the kid. with the fuck? Uh, before his death, he said. This is sometime before his death, not immediately before. Right, right, right. I told you what his Just last words before, were. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm not in the Cooperstown All Baseball Hall of Fame like so many of my baseball buddies, but I'm happy I had the chance to play pro ball, and I'm especially proud of my contributions to my country. Perhaps I could not hit like Babe Ruth, but I, smoke- I spoke more languages than he did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Mo Berg. So this is the only time, really, that he actually does... A- Except some kind of like you know,
1: I did some service accolade. for my country. Yeah, I mean yeah. He, he did have a pretty. I mean he got the Medal of Merit, right? And wouldn't take it, okay. right? Because he couldn't talk about it. Well, yeah, but also, but, but I, I, mean, I, I mean, hey, then you mean he took his job you, seriously? You know what
0: I also think though is is, and maybe I'm wrong here. I, I you know I don't I don't know how long spies have been romanticized, but I think like maybe not always it was the coolest thing to be a spy. You're kind no. of like a
1: snitch, you're a turncoat. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like yeah. you're.
0: You're, you know, uh, you're playing on people's better nature, you, you yeah. know, you're, you're a liar, yeah. you're et cetera, et I don't cetera. think
1: it was romanticized probably until James Bond. Right. The, no, the, the literature.
0: Yeah, it's definitely yeah. A, a dirty profession, yeah. you know? And even, scoundrel. even in, you know, in all those baseball club houses, what you see here, what you hear here, what you say here stays here. Locker, right. Talk. Yeah. So every, every, both of his professions were things that he was not allowed to expound upon. Mm. Right. Yeah.
1: Very interesting.
0: That's very, very good stuff, Aaron.
1: Yeah, very, um, I
0: really like that a lot.
1: You know, I, um, I do too.
0: So where did this come from? Where, where where did you get into this dude?
1: Fuck, dude, I think I was, um... You know, I was listening to, um... I'm on this Bill Bryson kick right now. Oh, uh, I've heard about this. Author Bill Bryson. Uh-huh.
0: I think this is, like, episode 10 in a row that you Yeah, mentioned. fuck,
1: dude, I mean, I just can't, like, every time... I, he's got so many books, and, like, every time I'm just like, I want to hear more of what this guy has to say about cool shit, so... Right, um, the first Bill Bryson book I read was, or was read to me, was uh, A Brief History of Nearly Everything. Right. And that's Big Bang to now, and, mm-hmm. and just science, history, all that stuff. And then the other one, the one after that was called Home. And in in Home, Bill Bryson, he goes through every room of his home in, in England. He's an, I think he's an American but who lived, who's lived in England for the past, like, 40 years. Right. And he lives in this, like, country home out there. And he goes through every part of the home and talks about its history and where we get certain phrases, like where room and board come from, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, chairman of the board. Like, all these different phrases have, like, d- crazy back etymologies and histories. Mm-hmm. Every part of the house, from the chimney to the dining room to the bathroom, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of history there. And then um, the one I'm reading now is... Um, I think it's called uh, One Summer, and it's about the summer of 1927. Exclusively the summer of 1927. That was a right. big
0: summer in his life, right?
1: No, Bill Bryson, no. No? I, think, I don't even think Bill Bryson was born by then.
0: So I, what was the significance
1: of it? It was a crazy summer. Uh, it was one- Just
0: a uh, significant event. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like, like, like a year like, that
1: changed the world, specifically a summer that changed the world. Like like
0: 68 was
1: in yes. Right, right, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lindbergh going across the Atlantic right. solo for the first time, um, radio being popularized, and right. um, Babe Ruth going on a tear. Mm-hmm. It just like a bunch of stuff was going on. And I think I heard. Some, I think I was listening to something, and it was about Babe Ruth. who was also a character. And I mean, everyone knows Babe Ruth, but Babe right. Ruth also had a, Babe Ruth was basically an orphan. Mm-hmm. Grew yeah, up, grew up uh, an orphanage. Grew up at an orphanage. Learn learn to play baseball there, and his first entrance to the world anywhere was as a professional baseball player. He mm-hmm. went from having no privacy, period, ever, showering and shitting yeah. and eating with boys of his, you know. Well, for that's why he was
0: like the Depression-era hero for yeah. everyone, because it was like, you know, this guy wasn't like shit at all.
1: Yeah, he wasn't anything. And now he's
0: and well, like, Joe Joe Jackson the same thing. Shoeless Joe. He worked like grew yeah. up working at a factory. Was a fucking amazing hitter. And then people give shit like, oh, he took the money from the gambler. Yeah, he definitely did because but they were paid
1: nothing. His name was Shoeless Joe Jackson. He, the people right. in had no in no shoes. In, yeah. Even in the book, they think that Shoeless Joe didn't even know what putting a fix on a game was. Right.
0: Well, according I I I was originally of the whole like I've read uh, biographies about him, and I was originally of the idea like he 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 didn't do anything but then you read the newspaper accounts of the day and it's like Joe Jackson made a really weird error out there in left field. Oh, really? Yeah. So but he also
1: had one game where he like stole home. Yeah. So and so at, of, at
0: like, times he made mistakes, but at, but he was also he hit the only home run of the whole series, and right. so it's like this, he definitely didn't. He he made some mistakes, but he also tried to fit, you know balance the scales a little bit. Right. More. Right. And right. those
1: players also were not. They were getting screwed over by the owners like hardcore. Yeah. Charles right? Comiskey
0: yeah. was a fucking owner. He would he would charge them to wash their
1: uniforms. Yeah.
0: Jesus. Yeah,
1: he was just a, a total miser. Now,
0: were you familiar with Milberg, Matt? No, not uh, not at all. Really? Yes. Damn, that's it's a good, good spot. To... And he's
1: got a face like you, you've you seen this guy's face before. I mean, you haven't. He has one
0: of those classic old well, baseball faces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> Actually, he's one of the pet Boys. <laughs> No. Right, right. Oh, not Jack. Not Manny either. Oh, Manny of Manny getting... Land fame? <laughs> right, yes. <Manny laughs> I would I would be Manny's wingman.
0: <laughs> you... This guy's got a roller
1: coaster. <laughs> yeah,
0: and a lot of
1: shit. <laughs> and a tiny bank. <laughs> that's actually an outhouse. Um, so yeah, I think I think I was reading something about you know babe ruth or something like that and, mm-hmm. and then this guy popped up or maybe I was on reddit i don't know but i saw it and i was like oh this guy was a pro baseball player and spy and possible homosexual homosexual, homosexual.
0: <laughs> yes i mm-hmm. love that pronunciation um and then
1: the paul rudd thing just came out it was like oh i guess it was the movie came out in january or something like that and um yeah
0: i mean what yeah. about all these high profile spies huh Spice, huh? What an ironic, ironic thing. Uh, but, but I mean, I mean, really, cool? like you know, like I mean, we were talking about you know, uh, you know, fucking, I mean,
1: Aleister Crowley,
0: yeah, Crowley, and all these guys that are like mega famous, and
1: oh, and Jack Parsons too. They they thought he was spying for Israel toward the end,
0: right? And and, and you know, the fucking the the game show guy. They made the movie about yes. like so many, so many, so many famous people. Um, I guess it is the last place you would ever think. Yes, right. And but also the government's like, here's how, how do they find people that they think are smart enough to be spies? They're like, oh, this guy's in the news for being smart. Mm-hmm. Right. So either either we can go through all the SAT scores in the world, yeah. or we we already know everything about oh, right. this guy because right. right. yeah.
1: he's and who paper. has access?
0: Yeah. Yes, And so what happens when you're that guy and the government comes and they go, hey, we have a thing we need from you that would be great for your country. Right.
1: You want to serve your country, Junior? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It's
0: always like one of those lines. like, fuck you for putting me in this position. I can't say no to this shit. Yeah.
1: Do I get a cool gun? Does Trump give me a high five?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now I think it'd be a lot easier to say no. (laughs) Do you want to serve uh, your country? Which one? (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm a lawyer and a baseball player. Pretty easy to say no there. You know what I mean? Hm. Mm. Same thing with, like, Crowley and all, that, all those guys. It's like, no, nah, I, like, have my own religion and stuff. Uh, but,
1: but is it, though? I mean, like...
0: Well, I guess maybe back then, maybe not. Maybe it was more gun-to-your-head time. Well,
1: I mean, I think in the, in the 30s... Yeah. Yeah. In the 30s, I think it's a pretty... The war's no, ramping It's a no-brainer. Yeah. You see what's going on in Germany over there.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, as far as calling, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, But, uh, but also, baseball players were not making money back then, mm-hmm. especially Moberg. Yeah. Moberg wasn't making money. Um, yeah. It wasn't until Babe Ruth that players started making money. Wow! Um, Babe Ruth is is that def- you know we were talking about maybe doing like higher profile profiles like what mm-hmm. you don't know about what you think you know type of people like right. Michael Jackson or whatever. Babe yeah. Ruth, Babe Ruth would definitely be one.
0: Yeah, I, I wrote a um few, a couple of years ago. I wrote a fake uh, history of Babe Ruth calling his shot. It's on my website if you want to read it.
1: A fake history of Babe Ruth calling his shot.
0: Yeah. Hmm. It's fun. You can just the great thing about history is you can just make it up. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, just like that. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Me and Matt have both done fake history stuff.
1: Oh, that's right! You wrote it in a, in a magazine, a zine. I,
0: I did a counterfeit ejaculate, a history of the earth.
1: <laughs> yes, you know my my fake history is my whole life.
0: <laughs> <I> <laughs> Dude, can see it. you fucking mystic as weirdo. Yeah,
1: bro, fucking nothing is real.
0: Aaron, I love that profile.
1: I'm glad you liked it. I just threw it together. I'm if, sorry if it was uh, a little dashed. No,
0: no, 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 no. It was very, very good faked. stuff. That's um, exactly what we need. Uh, I do want to see the movie now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I also want to try to you know investigate a little bit more about this guy then.
1: yeah he he did have like a lot of missions like he did go on missions he was a spy he was a he was a patriot he really did a lot of shit
0: yeah that is fucking he jumped crazy. out of airplanes right huh That's yeah not easy to do no. no i mean you usually have to practice that yeah and then and your gravity le-
1: does most of the. And world.
0: then you land in Yugoslavia. How does then how then does talk, physics work there? And
1: then you talk
0: to. But people? also, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> also, what a stupid way of doing things! It's like I, I'm gonna, we're going to drop you in this farm, and you're going to suss out whether it's King or Tito. Yeah. And it's Report like back. it's like what if you're
1: in fucking Tito town? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I mean, Mom, uh, well, that's why we hired you. Suss it out. Yeah, I was over there.
0: They said Tito. What do you guys think? If yeah, thing, it's if, like
1: if, if things get squirrely, bite on this pellet. <laughs> <laughs> what happens? You'll see. <laughs> we come and get you.
0: <laughs> it's a signal.
1: <laughs> we come and get you later. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, the thing is, the airplanes had just been popularized. Right. You know, they were still a novelty. I mean, they were used minimally in World War One for... Light, I mean, in World War One, people were throwing grenades and Molotov cocktails right. out of. Right, the yeah, they're
0: dropping cows right. out of planes. Yeah, and but I mean, but the then idea... not
1: ten years, fifteen years later, he's flying over foreign countries, jumping out of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, it's yeah. just. I mean, you're flying with an immediacy that we, you and I, still don't fly with today. It's like <laughs> yes. we're going to put you in a plane, mm-hmm. and you're going to get out and be immediately where you need to be.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Safely. Reliably. Yeah.
0: Yeah, You're not flying into Newark.
1: Right. And there's no
0: baggage claim. (laughs) It's just going to be- There's no baggage. Yeah. It's just going to be you and the cattle.
1: And- And a lot of noise. Right. And risk. Yeah. A lot of risk. It's- uh, We have- it. We're just so soft- it was just right. so soft. Like, yeah. you know, we, we've we talked about this uh, a lot before. The stuff that uh, the that generation of, of men and women went through mm-hmm. is just incredible. Yeah. Jumping out of planes, hitting baseballs, shooting movies <laughs> on top of Japanese buildings, wearing kimonos, right. reading newspapers. Yeah. Watching cold, the Mets. Cold baths. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> toughest
0: part, really. Uh,
1: well, tricking kids into fucking, Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we spoke sanskrit <laughs>
0: <laughs> the kids language mm-hmm. tip with the kids mm-hmm. uh well before we go um uh, if i may please uh okay. anytime baseball comes up i always think back to jim bowen's book ball four and you mentioned two characters uh who are mentioned in ball four who i'd like to do a quick little uh uh when I was a kid, I, I loved ball four so much that I would type out my favorite passages. Hmm. And in a Google Doc, smartly enough. And so I have access to them. Here's
1: a, here's a little... Te- oh, you typed them out in a Google Doc as a kid? Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I, no, it was a Microsoft Word doc that I later put on on the Googles.
1: <laughs> good foresight.
0: Very, very good. Uh, here, here's a story about Ted Williams from Jim Bowen. And he says, uh, In the bullpen tonight, Jim Pagliaroni was telling us how Ted Williams, when he was still playing, would suck himself up for a game during batting practice. Usually early practice... practice... Practice before the fans or reporters got there. He'd go into the batting cage, wave his bat at the pitcher, and start screaming at the top of his voice. My name is Ted Fucking Williams, and I'm the greatest hitter in baseball.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> he'd swing and hit a line drive. Jesus H Christ himself couldn't get me out. And he'd hit another. Then he'd say, "Here comes Jim Bunning. Jim Fucking Bunning and that little shit slider of his. Wham. He doesn't think he's gonna get me out with that shit. Blam. I'm Ted Fucking Williams. Suck." <laughs> Mo Burke said, "I have the sweetest <laughs>
1: in the game. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> Ted Williams, only player to ever bat 400?
0: The last, last player. Last one, Ty Cobb did it. That is M- great, yes. Matt. Yes. I love a oh. maniac. Uh, Brilliant. Uh, one Ted more Williams. story. You mentioned Casey Stengel, one of my favorite people ever. This is also from Ball 4 Jim Bonds' book. He said, uh, Greg Goosen was doing his Casey Stengel impression, and he uh, he remembered the best thing the old man ever said about him. Casey said... We got a kid here named Goosen, 20 years old, and in 10 years, he's got a chance to be 30. Very good. Very, very nice. Very, very positive. Very, nice. very positive stuff from Casey. Dude, Ted Williams, man. Ted Williams. What a psycho. Served in World War
1: II. hmm yeah. His best years were at war.
0: And one of the greatest pilots we had during the war. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah, he got an award for how many confirmed kills he had. Jesus. He was a sharpshooter. He had great eyesight. That so guy was had he a screaming ma- like a lunatic after You think you got anything on me, you <laughs> yeah. jack bastard? I'm dead fucking William. Yeah. <laughs> my wrists are the size of Moe Berg's waist. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. All right, we're going to fuck off. I love you, everybody. My name is John Fahey. Oh, I'm Aaron Pita. Matt Brasso. Good night, everybody.
1: They're going to cut off my head and fucking freeze it one day. on some fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> um we <laughs>